Investors like you have a problem. Today, most portfolios only include stocks and bonds. While it's currently performing, it's a strategy that Goldman Sachs predicted in 2023 to underperform for the next decade. Luckily, our sponsor, Masterworks Advisors, focuses on a non-traditional alternative asset, helping over 15,000 investors diversify a portion of their overall portfolios with blue-chip post-war contemporary art. Over 60% of wealth managers surveyed by Deloitte have already integrated art into their wealth management offering. And by signing up at masterworks.com slash advisors with code FREE, you can talk to a registered investment advisor representative who deals exclusively with this alternative asset class. So schedule a free same-day advisory call with Masterworks Advisors just by going to masterworks.com slash advisors and using promo code FREE. That's masterworks.com slash advisors promo code FREE. This advertisement relates to the provision of advisory services by Masterworks Advisors LLC and is not intended to offer or solicit investment in any securities and is not investment advice. Masterworks Advisors is affiliated with Masterworks. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's put this week in the proper perspective. Yeah, we've had two down days the last two days. We're up 150 handles on the week. The June low is holding. AMD, another earnings warning from AMD, and we're down a buck 50? Help me figure this market out, guys. Let's get the show on the road. Roll it, Mitch. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, let's run down the futures real quick. We're only down a buck seventy-five. We bounced off while Wednesday's low, all waiting on the jobs number. The dollar down seventeen cents, nothing much at one twelve oh one. TLT holding flat here ahead of the jobs number. The OPEC crude output cut still working wonders on crude oil, up a buck thirty-six at eighty-nine eighty-one. Gold down two sixty at seventeen eighteen twenty. Silver going the opposite way, up a nickel. Bitcoin flat, down five bucks. The futures, Ethereum futures, they're they're basically in the red a little bit. Down, down four bucks. Triple D, we'll bring in Triple D and Dennis. And I want to know, were either of you guys um, victims of the latest crypto hack? Mm. I'll have to go check my Binance account and see if my uh, crypto. Aha, he knows, there. he knows. I know about it. But yeah, no, no, sorry, I wasn't a victim. Um, you know, oh. I think my coins are okay. They're yeah, they're in my vault here. Yeah, they're still there. Oh yes, there's still none of them there. You didn't so. lose your five hundred and seventy million? <laughs> I didn't lose my zero crypto coins, so I'm safe. 
Oh, it's tough out there in the crypto environment. Binance saying that they got another hack. They got BNB tokens this time for about 570 million. This is going again. I'm talking about it constantly. How the hell do you get investors back in this with that much risk that was taken in the last wave? This I mean, they say this stuff is unhackable. They say this stuff is as safe as it gets. I don't understand why we keep seeing these hacks all the time. It's obviously not unhackable. So, I mean, it's just a matter of time before, you know, major hacks, you know, happen here. I mean, I wouldn't be comfortable having all my wealth sitting in something and all of a sudden, you know, they find a way. The crypto people say there's no way. How does it keep happening? How does it keep happening? And it's I tough. mean, people say, well, I know my code. Well, what if somebody came to your door, held a gun to your head, said, give me your code? You're going to give me your code. So I don't know. I, I, that's why I've always kept my money. You know, at least if they steal from your bank, you have recourse. I just don't see a lot of recourse in any of these situations. So sorry, I'm out. Not buying crypto. What about CVS? Uh, not, well, I actually shouldn't say that. I'm long CVS right now, which uh, I got the beats on that last night. But let's start with AMD. We're coming to okay. the CVS yeah, story. You're right. I got you're a story right. for the CVS, but let's start with the AMD. All right, let's get towards that AMD chart. You see the chart right there. And of course, pre-announcing after the bell yesterday. And what happened? Well, AMD sees Q3 22 revenue at $5.6 billion versus the $7.02 billion estimate they lowered from 6.7 billion the prior quarter they also stated that the pc market weakened significantly in the quarter said amd's chair and ceo dr lisa lu uh sue and while our product portfolio remains very strong macroeconomic conditions drove lower than expected pc demand and significant inventory correction across the pc supply chain all right, multiple thoughts here. One, this is what we've been talking about. It's going to be a rough earnings season. There's going to be lots of warnings. Earnings season hasn't even started yet. Now we get a warning from AMD. It's a major warning. They're talking about like soft PC market. Demand destruction showing up here right now. Here's the problem for the bears is you got AMD down 5%. You got a chip wreck happening. You have, you know, you had a lot of stocks down last night significantly. The S&P is green. So this is a very important day for the bears. If for whatever reason they decide to come in and start buying AMD on this bad news, or if for whatever reason they just ignore it and they start buying all other stocks, it's telling you that sentiment has really turned. Now we're going to have multiple balls juggling today. The jobs report at 8.30 could change everything as well. But all I'm going to say is if you're bearish and you end up green today, me. And, and, you know, and I am, I've been in the same camp, Mitch. I'm in the same well, camp long term because I think these earnings warnings. But I've been starting to, like, get worried about my bearish position and obviously trading market neutral now and leaning a little bit to the long side um, from a trading perspective right now for the simple reason is that the response to the bad news continues to be pretty good. I mean, AMD is down four bucks. That's not good news. But the S&P to be green. If you would have told me yesterday that AMD was going to warn it, Warren, Warren last night, and the S&P was going to be green, I would say, you know, go smoke some more of that, you know, pot or whatever. Because you won't get in trouble for it. Rolling with yesterday. So unbelievable that the S&P is green right now. Again, the jobs number could change everything. But right now, the bulls are winning. 
So that's why AMD's up. I'm sorry, guys. I was doing that last night. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, I'm just. I, what What are your thoughts here, Mitch? I mean, are you concerned? You're bearish. I'm concerned as a bear. Um, you know, and actually, you know, it's, it'd be good news. I'm long stocks. I, I, you know, I'd like to see this market actually turn around. But you know, this bearish stance that I've had for a bit. Yeah. This is throwing cold water on it for the S and P to be green right now. I can't understand it. I don't really even understand how. Like I'm looking even at the stocks and I'm like, I'm seeing a lot of tech stocks getting hammered. Now they're buying oil stocks again. I mean, but this is not good news for the market either here, Joel. I mean, as oil continues to go higher, know, inflation, inflation concerns. I know. My, and then my get, biggest oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead then. I was gonna say, and as you get Fed speak last night, they're they were saying the same stuff they've been saying, you know, we gotta get the inflation down. They weren't backing off. No apparent you know pivot here happening anytime soon at least from waller who was talking last night mitch i don't know but the market's response to all of this it's been pretty good my biggest thing is the guidance forward and it just doesn't seem like 2023 is going to be any better at least from what i can see in the guidance from the companies and if their earnings are going to keep coming down and if the guidance are going to get keep getting pulled how do we look into a bullish outlook? It's, it's again, what happens with this market. It becomes, it, it's happened last earnings season, Joel. And I don't know if that's where you were going, but we saw it early in the earnings season with a Walmart warning. The market gets hit and there was another warning. And then all of a sudden, the market's expectations dropped into the gutter. And we had Microsoft report that it wasn't that great. It was initially down and then it closed green. And then Google reported not that great and it just ripped higher. And the market all of a sudden was like, okay, that's good enough. I think we could enter a season, earnings season that if you're just doing good enough, it might be good enough. Meaning this silver lining market might come back here again. There's just money managers that are underinvested and they're using the dips to buy. We saw it with the Helen and Troy. We haven't seen it with the AMD yet. So it, it is good news for the bears that the AMD is down 6%, rightfully so. It should be down that, but it doesn't matter. The market doesn't always do what it should. The market does you know, what it can to punish the maximum amount of participants. If everybody's too bearish, But is everybody too bearish? All I'm, seeing, all I'm seeing out there is a lot of talk of everybody still mentioning the Fed's going to pivot. It's all selective perception to a certain extent. There's bears, there's bulls. And I mean, the bears out there are going to, you know, notice, you know, when somebody's bullish gets going against their thesis. A lot of selective perception happening. And, you know, and I'm bad for that too. You know, I say, well, they feel like they're pretty bullish out there. But, you know, maybe, you know, Christian Frommer, it's the same. Well, I see kind of bearish. It's all kind of a little bit of selective perception. So what are we really seeing? We're seeing a mix. We're really seeing a battle between the bulls and the bears. The bull thesis is that all the bad news is priced in. And, you know, eventually, you know, stocks are going to go higher. This was the Craig Johnson thesis from a week and a half I ago. I was thinking about Craig. Yeah. yeah, that's his thesis, too, is that all the bad news is priced in. We're down 25% of the S&P. We're down over 30% of the NASDAQ. It's been pretty ugly. So there's an argument there to be made that all the bad news is priced in. The bear Life. argument is that the worst is yet to come. And I tend to still side with that with Mitch. I'm, but I, you can see I've kind of moved from very yeah, bearish to kind of You're sitting like on the Scott fence. You're like Scott Menard on a CNBC I'm kind of moving night. to the fence because <laughs> I'm just scared that, hey, I don't want to miss a potential rebound here too. I don't want to be too late. And if they're going to respond to the S&P being green on a day of the AMD warrants, you know, soft PC demand, sounds like demand destruction to me. 
That's concerning for the Barrett thesis. So I've laid it all out. Now everybody's got to make up their own minds. I'm on the fence. What all do you right. think, Joel? We can tell that, Dennis. Um, okay, just specifically going to AMD here. Uh, 64 is where the Bulls and the Bears are battling out there. They're, they're you know, they're right there. So just short term, just looking at the chart, I'm just saying, whatever, I'd pivot off 64. Uh, you did take out the low of the move, so I'm going to give you a zone. Uh, the former low of the move was 62.83. They knocked it down in the pre-market to 62.21. So whatever, 62.50. If that whole, just for AMD, the way it feels right now, unless we get a really bad jobs number, it doesn't feel like it's going back down there. But I would just keep an eye on that. A breach of that, you know, a strong breach of that. Boom, then I think you go 60, I go, you know, 55. That's the way I will look at it. Coming back on the upside, I mean, a lot of people would love to see the bottom of yesterday's range. I don't know if that's going to happen. 67, 66. Uh, as far as the market talk goes, and I'll just go to the spy here so I don't um, I don't mess up my charts. I'm kind of conflicted like you guys are, except in Dennis, I'm going to give you a lot of credit on this. Last week, we're we're punching. We had that bad day on Friday, and I didn't I didn't really talk to you after you know uh, on Monday about it. But you're like the June low is holding. I mean, basically the June it low held. It did. It you did. can say it took it out by a tick, but that's the old Gil Morales undercut and rally trick. That's the worst. Yeah. Because then you suckered, you hit stops, you did everything. Like that means like higher. Yeah. I, I exactly. think there's going to be a squeeze. Potentially. Mm. Again, it's hard to have this conversation 16 minutes uh, before our jobs report to move the entire market, <laughs> I but I feel like we're going to squeeze them a little bit more. That's I why don't I don't want to be sure right now. The only yep. thing here that is, and you guys, are, I agree that we're back above those June lows, but to me, those are not the lows anymore. Now it's the September low or the, yeah, the September low. That's what I'd be paying attention Either to. Either way, it's if right you're focusing on the June lows niche, now. I mean, if you're, I mean, it did, yeah. I mean, I look at it in the S&Ps and the rolling front month contract, and we did make lower closes. We did. But we now did you're 150 low. handles off that close from last Friday. Bear you're 150 rally. handles. What? You're uh, 150 uh, handles. I, I'll just go, I, I'll, you know, I gave, you know, what I'm looking at um, on, you know, on the downside. Like I said, we're 150 handles away from that. And then on the upside, it's not as pretty on the spider chart. Uh, but, yeah, I guess it is. I mean, look at these three highs in the same area. Let's just call it 379, you know, splitting a 78, 79, and 78.72. Uh, uh, the S&P looks a little prettier. I mean, you blow through there. Right, you blow through the highs of the week. Where are you running if you're a bear? Thirty nine hundred is uh, ooh, kind of messed my computer up there. I mean, <laughs> if we get above the hot current highs for the week, and you're yeah. a bear, you're toast. You're absolutely toast. So that's the you know we're we're holding on here. I'd really like to see us get above thirty eight twenty. I believe with your thesis, uh, Dennis, that you know bet when a market goes up. Or hold steady on on you know bad. This is bad news. Q three earnings news. season is a disaster. It hasn't started yet. One thing that I'll bring statistics because you know we always have a lot of bulls out there give statistics. So I'll, I'll give kind of a bearish statistic here is that every market that has been in has also every bear market that's also had a recession in it 
the SPY in the overall market has gone down over 35%. So we're still not there. And the statistic there. So I'm very much on the fence here. And I'm very much with Mitch's camp that there's a lot more bad news to come. But I make money reading the tape. And the tape is telling me that the market is starting not to care about the bad news. Now, maybe it cares if it comes from Apple. Maybe it cares if it comes from Microsoft. Maybe it cares if it comes from Amazon. Maybe AMD is not enough for the market to care, but it's a big gun. It's Mm -hmm. a big gun. It gives you an indication here. FedEx was a big gun, gave us an indication. Market got hammered on the FedEx, deservingly so. It's a very good thing for the markets that the market is holding up on this AMD warning. But I'm totally with you on, I think there's a lot more bad news to come. So can the market continue to hold? That's a question. I'm completely at a market neutral stance here right now. I raised a little bit. You know, I took a little bit of my cash. I was up at 50. I'm down to like 40 again. I'm not comfortable enough to go like 20 in the long-term portfolio. But from a trading perspective, I'm actually a little bit long from a trading perspective, but mostly market neutral, like very market neutral, especially going to this jobs number because who knows? So I'm on the fence here. People say, how do you make money on the fence? Well, you're just going with the flow. I want to see who's going to win. Today is a very important day. I agree. If we roll over... You know, on a bad jobs number, and the jobs number could just be the fact that, but but I'm concerned Strong. that the jobs start going down, and then the market sees that as a good thing. So, you know, it, it's even how it's going to interpret it. So, I I I'm I'm not at this position right now where I can go in full bearish and say, yeah, we've got to sell this rip because we're going straight back down because the tape for the last five trading sessions has turned. The tape reading that you know I use, the tape reading that I've used for 22 years, you can just feel it different. So that's why I don't want to go full bullish because I just think the bad news is still to come to Mitch's point. But I don't want to go full bearish here because the market isn't responding very well to the bad news from a bearish perspective. It's responding really good from a bullish perspective. So I'm on the fence. And, and to Mitch's point about you know the textbooks, I, I think you can throw out the textbooks. I mean, right. we are in such a unique I'll start burning them. Where's yeah. the they don't work. They Where's never the lighter? <laughs> Where's the lighter? Forget all You never learn anything pages. from trading from a textbook. Come on. You learn it from grass get out, get out of here. Get out there. Get dirty. You don't learn from books. Let's see those guns, You don't bitch. learn trading <laughs> from your CFA oh, textbooks. You don't learn trading from your CFT books. I'm having a rant right now in case you didn't. So you just don't learn. You have to learn trading from being in there. You got to learn it from like feeling it and getting the pain and getting, you know, that, you know, okay, this is how I control my risk. You might learn the basics of understanding, you know, from a textbook, what is a bid, the ask, you know, if you've never traded in your whole life, you got to read something to understand a quote. You know, I'll help you out, that. But once you have the basics of understanding all that, you will not learn any good strategies from textbooks because the people who are writing the textbooks are writing them because their strategies don't work anymore. Simple so, analogy here. Uh, if you if you try to learn how to swim from a textbook, how good are you going to be swimming? Exactly. You, you got to get thrown into okay, the pool gotta, first. It's a great analogy. <laughs> Mitch, you got to get thrown analogy. into you the, pool. In the pool. That, and then you got to learn the kicking. And, and I can already first, tell know. what's wrong with your stroke, Mitch. I can already <laughs> tell what's wrong with your stroke. You're not extending <laughs> enough. But Come then, on, no, you know, Joe. Like when I hop Come in the pool, Joe. I look at somebody and I immediately know what's wrong with their stroke. 
And Lisa's like, will you quit <laughs> telling people to at the pool how to swim? Holy. You know, not everyone wants instructions. People are there for leisure. Um, S&Ps right. are, are making new highs here. Don't ask me why. We're up six and three quarter handles. Uh, there's nothing in here, folks. The way we chopped around yesterday, I can't give you resistance up until uh, those highs from yesterday, the true globex highs, which is uh, 38, 19 and a half, 38, 20. And I guess on the downside, if, you, if you're looking for the big bear breach, uh, for me, I know I'm talking a little bit more, you know, bullish to neutral-ish. If we take out that pre-market low, there ain't much in there. That was right there with Wednesday, Wednesday's low. But uh, 820, should we get to some individual? Should before, we get to our I'm second stock? Let's go. Let's go. We got, going we into got... the jobs, and before you go into the next story, i just going to say that I think there's going to be a hell of a lot of chop here again. Because I think everybody is so mixed up in this market, including myself. Yeah. Like the direction is such a guess that you're going to have, you know, people coming in and see the jobs. I mean, they're going to hammer it. Then they're going to buy it back up. I think, you know, just don't chase. I think yeah, that's the ready. main thing is like fading moves is the way this market's working. Because there's so much controversy on, you know, who's, you know, on which the, the major direction is next. So I think you're going to see a lot of chop. Next headline, cannabis stocks light up as U.S. President Joe Biden announced that thousands of people convicted for a simple possession of marijuana would be pardoned. He also instructed to begin reviewing how marijuana is classified under federal drug laws. Now, the question will be, will the stocks stay high? It was a heck of a move yesterday. Stocks moving up 25, 30% on that headline. They've been beaten up. And again, we've moved into this market where a little bit more of the risk on stuff in the last three, four days has turned into favor. So perfect timing for this as well. And then you squeeze the shorts. So you get the Tilray going from three to four. You get the CGC going from three to, you know, almost $4. It's big moves, you know, GRWG. But, you know, give it perspective. These things have all, they were $30, $40 stocks and they're all three bucks. So three to four. Is they going back to 30? No, they're not. You know, are they going back to 20? Probably not. Probably not 10. You know, this is probably it. You know, the stocks can go from three to five. But, you know, for the most part, this story is over. The pot story ended badly for everyone. I don't think any of these stocks are ever coming back. Just my opinion. Don't think they're ever coming back. I don't think you're going to see GRWG at 60 or 50 or 40 or 30 or 20. May not even ever see 10 again. It's $4. I think eventually probably sees $2. Story is just over. The valuations were stupid. People who were buying was dumb money. And sorry, but I don't think the story's coming back. Remember, the story can change, though, if one day we finally get federally legal. That's it did what I would change, say. Mitch. It gave you 30% yesterday. That was fantastic. Doesn't help the person bought it at 40, though. Doesn't but help we're the not legal yet. 30. We're not federally legal yet. And I know there's still some money on the sidelines. So maybe they can go back to maybe they can go back up another hundred percent from here, from three to six. It's still not going to help the person at forty. I will go on a limb and say that the all-time highs for all these stocks are in forever. All right. Well, the day that uh, cannabis gets legalized, we got ourselves a bet, my friend. You think we're going back to all-time highs on these things? <laughs> no worries. You, 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 no, you buy me a joint. You think we're going you back to all-time joint. highs? We'll, we'll see what happens. Joel, you're asking mute, a question. You didn't answer it. You're beating around the bush. Do you think GRWG is going to see $60 again? Well, I, it's I'm four bucks. Because if you gross, do, gross man, that's going to be a big I don't, like, I don't like GRWG. I called it short from the top, but CGC Which one I do you see like? going up. Which um, one do you let's like? just stick to the, I would do the, the ETF, MSOS. 
that will get a nice spike the day that we get MSOS. Yeah, MSOS. Don't you think that everyone that wants to smoke pot and get access to pot has pot now? Do you yep. think it really makes a difference whether it's federally legalized? Uh, I'll tell How you, many Joel, people are out there? Oh, I'm gonna wait till it's federally legalized to go to to go get pot. I mean, Joel, also you have the black market. I mean, it's it's uh, the story's over. I, just going to the individual it's stocks. It's so over. It's toast. So over. It's burnt. Whatever it, you want to use. It's federally it's legal in Canada, Mitch. These mm-hmm. a lot of these companies, CGC and Tilray. This was the story. Like we went through this two years ago. When it gets legalized, it's going to go up. And you know what they did when it got legalized? They went down and they kept going down. Yeah, so but that's it. you know you we've got it prices. legal in Canada. You can you go gotta to look your at pot the prices store. in you can Canada. Buy your cannabis oil. You can do all that in Canada. But all these Canadian pot stocks continue to go lower. The the big thing with the Canadian market is the prices are way too high. We're talking about a hundred times what they are in Colorado. So that's saying uh, I, I think I'm with, I'm with, so we're on the opposite side here. I'm with Joel. I think the pot stock story is over. I think these stocks in the long run go lower. They're hot right now though. So you know, yeah, two day move. move. Yep. But I still think, you know, you're seller of rallies in these things. So I think the path of least resistance, check out the NBEV chart, N B E V. Oh, it's not there anymore because <laughs> the stock got delisted. I think a lot of these go maybe not delisted, but a lot of these are going to the pennies. We'll see what yeah. happens. Let's go hate towards it, the next it, one. Them. Next one, CVS. Let's talk about CVS Health hate here. that Ooh. one too. On Thursday, said that the Center of Medicare and Medicaid Services has downgraded Aetna's PPO plan to 3.5 stars from 4.5 stars. CVS said that it does not expect any impact to its 2022 earnings forecast from the rating change, but expects to mitigate any financial impact on its primary look into 2023 anyways um this was getting offered down at four o'clock 405 410 415 420 kept getting sold down i was like something's like fishy on this thing because i'm like i'm checking news there's no news i'm like it's offered down a buck at like 430 440 you can check the tape then a 502 press release from cvs and then the medicare thing and then the stock gets hammered i was like are you kidding me i'm like are you kidding me so anyways, pissed me off. So because I did buy a little bit, but then I was like, I'm not buying any more of this because something's going on. And I don't know, maybe it was re- pre-released somewhere else, but it was pretty clear on that Benzinga Pro. That was a press release of 502. So obviously it was released somewhere else ahead of time or somebody had an inkling of this coming because this was getting hit. So maybe it was pre-released somewhere else. Chad, help me out if you saw it somewhere else before 502. I didn't see the news till 502. It was a press release from CBS, but it was getting hit way before that. Uh, the guy in the mailroom maybe got huh. it. And, Somebody. And log- well, he couldn't log Maybe it was run. released somewhere else. Did Bloomberg maybe, have yeah. it? I don't have Bloomberg. They don't allow me as a customer because I work for Benzinga. So, um, but I don't think so. I think that was a clear press release of 502. So, I don't know. Maybe somebody, ha- maybe it was publicly released somewhere else beforehand. But okay. I'm telling you. Some there were for an hour. This thing was getting hit before that press release came out. Well, it's definitely it's definitely they hit it off the news. I, I and they said it's not going to affect twenty two. They said it's going to affect twenty three. I mean, I the the reason, I, and I don't know about how it's going to affect the earnings or whatever. I would just say that if I was a CVS shareholder and they bought Aetna and they didn't have you know 
I mean, I don't know what kind of due diligence you have to do. I know this happened after a couple years, uh, but man, this is a landmine. I mean, at least that's the way the price reaction is. So um, CVS had been uh, holding up, you know, pretty well lately. This is a, a bad news day for it. Uh, the pre-market low comes in at uh, 93.46. I mean, you got you got some lows down here to contend with. Uh, for me, just looking at the monthly, if the market's going to shrug this off and say, this is not a big deal, the market's overreacting, then you're going to get above these monthly lows here at 95, and uh, you're going to hold up. Well, they're actually, yeah, 95, all these monthly lows. So I'll let 95, currently trading 94, 94, down 364. Not huge volume, but if this holds 95 today, based on the monthlies, I say, okay, market shrugging this off. One minute warning. Thank you, Tom. Oh yeah, yeah, from yeah. The chat. I'm right. canceling my orders and going wide. Well, getting too many ready warning. to trade this number. <laughs> so yeah, everybody thinks I'm in a bad mood today, but I'm gonna be kind of bullish today. You know, Mitch is trying to keep me in the bearish camp. Joel's on the fence. I'm trying to go to the bullish camp. So you, you, I'm you don't gotta, of, I didn't think it was negative Nancy today. I thought I've been doing pretty good. I have to be bullish. I mean, you know, I don't I'm trying to be bearish. Price don't lie. I mean I want to be bearish, but people it's don't like bearish shows. Let's see, no matter maybe how much market goes down, jobs. you got to be bullish. Don't matter what. Well, people it's a like minute before the job, so we don't have to be anything. You got to be neutral right now. Rawr. And then you got to take this job number. If they rip this higher on this, look out. Katie, bar the door for the bears. <laughs> can, I don't, I'm wasn't neutral. That a, neutral, a neutral, song neutral. Or a Katie play, you can take this job and shove it. Or wasn't there something like that? Wasn't that like Loretta? All right, let me give estimates. (laughs) Estimates for non-farm payrolls hitting at 830. We got 250,000 estimated. Prior was 315,000. We also will get the unemployment rate. Estimate is 3.7 prior 3.7. What would be a bad thing for the market? Negative reaction. I'm definitely going to be watching that unemployment rate. If for any reason we get a 3.6 or lower, Watch out. I don't yeah, know. We want that... a bad number. We want a bad number, folks. That's what we want to see. We want a bad number is good for the market. We're bouncing around unchanged. It looks not, no really algo jumpers here. They're playing a pretty up. Oh, it's good. It's weak. The job hey, number hey, is weak. Let's take it easy. It's bad. It's good. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. yeah. Joel. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. It's hot. Ooh, is it hot? <laughs> Woo! How hot is it, Mitch? Uh, unemployment at 3.5 versus 3.7. Just said it. Kapow! That's the go. number to catch there. And there it goes. There goes the market. Yep. Uh, they there popped it, it up to 70.50. This is going to give a man that we uh, that we talked about. Unemployment. They haven't the been animal. able to cool down this economy. Go ahead, Mitch. Give us some more details. All right, so I'm um, just putting up the unemployment rate there, the banner. So you, there you guys have the exact numbers. And then I'll get you guys also here, the non-farm payrolls just coming up right now. It's at 263,000 versus 250,000. Um, so there you guys have it. But I think the, the big thing here that's moving the markets, and I, I tried to state it before, was that unemployment rate at 3.5 versus 3.7. Prior was 3.7. Wow. And essentially, we are going down on unemployment. This is the number one thing that the Fed is using for ammo to keep hiking rates. This gives them a lot more ammo now as they can go ahead and say, well, the the job market is strong here. So we can continue raising interest rates to fight inflation. 
Oh, there you guys have it. Bear case still on. Uh, it, the eyeball test tells you that this this economy is not not slipping into a recession. I mean, there, there's job openings. I mean, there you know there, there's jobs out there. So in order to have a full blown recession, don't you you know you got you got to have the, the jobs. So here you go. A good number is a bad number, and uh, we spiked down to thirty seven ten and a quarter. Uh, we're going to be keeping an eye on uh, 3734 here. That was the low on Wednesday, and uh, your previous pre-market low was uh, 32 and a quarter. So until we can get back above 3734, the bears are in control here, down to 32 and a half handles. So uh, big reaction in the market. Let's see what's going on with the stocks, and they're getting hit. Uh, wow. The tech is really getting hit now. I see the uh, the spider down like 0.8%. And I'm just looking at Apple. That's 1.68%. Microsoft over a percent. Google over a percent. Amazon almost 2%. Tesla, that well, that has its own news. That's down 0.68%. So uh, tech, I mean, and that kind of goes to, uh, you know, goes in, uh, step with AMD. What's AMD doing here? Yep, AMD. Let's go to the pre-market chart. Uh, trying to think, is this good? Is this good for anything? I mean, as we speak right now, uh, AMD came down. Oh, we got to get rid of the one minute. I got to only do the one minute for the jobs number. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. There we go. Okay, uh, AMD, they hit it. They did get back down to the pre-market low. Trying to retake Wednesday's low. Let's look at the banks. Uh, Bank America, eh, that's not really doing much. That's that's holding up. That's down $0.09. Cents. Uh, that's it. It just looks like they're, they're whooping the tech, but uh, looks like the bulls are trying to fight back here. That 37 and a quarter wasn't much down there. Mitch, can uh, you see this good uh, for anything? Any uh, any stocks moving into green? J&J, I see is in the green and Exxon Mobil. Yeah, oil. Oil, right? I mean, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about next with J.C. Peretz coming up next. So get excited for that. We got a couple of minutes till we get towards that. But of course, to me, I think it was watching that unemployment number. That that right there, that unemployment rate is the focus of the Fed to continue hiking rates. This right there, I would go now to look at the CME Fed tool, see how the interest rates are being outlooked for uh, kind of December. Anybody talking about rate. like the dovish, like the Fed doing that, you know, an exact pivot on this? It's just, 
you know, it's just not happening. I mean, and yeah. I mean, you know, oh, we're going to start, you know, first they got to say they're thinking of slowing down. Right. But, uh, you mm-hmm. know, people looking for interest rate cuts, it's just not going to happen. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a long time. And then you, and uh, the Fed heads that were speaking yesterday, they said, they said to say, you know, the same thing, they're keeping the hockey stand. So it's one number, uh, you know, we got what's, what's CPI Is CPI next week. Yeah, next week, next yep. week. So, so uh, we'll definitely we be watching that. To. The CME Fed tool hasn't updated for the percentage. It's right now off of uh, seven twenty-four. So that would be eight twenty-four in a little bit. That's going to update. Let's watch the target rate percentage. How does that change? Right now, it's at seventy-seven percent for seventy-five basis points in November. Will that go up to eighty? Will that go up to ninety percent? Hey, That's Mitch, what, what would you think if the market closed green today? That would be a stunning one, Joel. Real problems if the market goes green. <laughs> this, this, I'm just saying in the background, this reaction is not good for you, Mitch, on a bearish thesis. We are trying to pop up here. This, this, uh, this should uh, be uh, hammered. We should be down yeah. 100 S&P points with the AMD yep. news and this jobs number. We should be down 100 S&P points. We're not. They're trying to buy it back. This buy the dip mentality. you got to break this, Mitch. If you're bearish, you got to break it. Well, Very important day for uh, the bears. Need to close heavy red today. If they close I, green today, the bulls are in full control. So I'm right now still on the fence. I'm in the background trading. But I tell you, I was buying that dip. I'll tell you what I think is that exact money managers are positioned now for the upside. I think they were getting in on this recent rally. They might get caught here towards the open. I'll go ahead and wait and see. But I, I've been hearing the talk out there. Everyone's super raw, raw. Like if the... Fed is going to pivot anytime soon. But I don't not, see it. Not anybody that knows anything about investing. They're just, just, what do you mean, no Joel? Way. Have you turned on like, CNBC? You watch too much CNBC, Mitch. Okay. You don't listen to free market prep enough. They, they, no one's – I mean, I I don't see the Fed – I mean, I don't know. Maybe I I, I don't want – I mean, I want to turn on CNBC and then the first commercial comes on. But uh, do you got uh, you got JC in the background? That's uh, that's in him – Wait, yeah, I'll bring the them on. And just to, just to, for everybody to know, I don't have a single short position. I'm just calling it how I see it. If you don't like it, sorry about that. <laughs> Let's go ahead. Let's bring on JC Peretz here. As, of course, we get a surprise number hitting the tape. What did you think about that unemployment rate coming in at 3.5% versus the 37 expected? What's up, guys? I, I didn't even know there was an unemployment report until Joel uh, Joel sent me an email yesterday. Oh, man. That's that's how it is. You're not watching the numbers right now? Unemployment numbers is not really anything I'm interested in. Uh, I'm not an economist. Thank the holy Lord. Yeah. <laughs> For you and me both, man. <laughs> yeah, were... I had no idea that there was a jobs number this morning. All right. I didn't know they still did those things. Back in the day when I was younger, the journalists would make a big deal about these things. It was like every jobs number was like the most important jobs number ever. Are they still doing that sort of thing? Yeah, that's that's just how it is, right? In the the financial media. Now, first one I want to get into talking to you about, and I think, you know, you've been seeing it also, is this recent run that we've had in ExxonMobil. I actually got your chart here so you can explain a little bit about what you've been seeing. Exxon Mobil is on pace for its best week since October 1974. And I have your chart right here so you can kind of talk about it. What do you see in the energy sector um, going on with Exxon Mobil right now? 
I mean, listen, energy in general, remember, Exxon is the largest component of the energy sector. I think it's like 23% or 24% or something like that. It's like a quarter of it. So it's a big one. It looks exactly like the energy sector. Chevron's stronger. Chevron's already been making all-time highs. So that's the one that we've been in is Chevron over Exxon simply because of that. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that if energy breaks out, Exxon's going with it. And the fact that if you want to pull up that chart, the fact yeah. that energy is still below the 2008 highs, Exxon's still below the 2008 highs, despite the relentless strength over the last couple of years. The fact that energy stocks haven't even broken out yet just further reiterates that we are in the very, very early stages, in my opinion, of a secular bull market for energy. Yeah, and, and um, I'll pull up my chart here. It's a little bit more recent here, and we can see that recent breakout there in ExxonMobil. Do you feel that we'll get a new high in ExxonMobil in the next couple of weeks? I don't know about the next couple of weeks. I do think we get new all-time highs, and I think we rip through exactly. that and double and triple potentially. Um, but it's it's messy out of the gates here. There's still mm -hmm. overhead supply going back 14 years, so it still has some work to do. Any other energy plays you like, like natural gas or coal? What do you think about those kind of plays, JC? Yeah, coal for sure. Coal has been a monster winner. As soon as they delisted the coal ETF, coal has been a yeah. buy ever since. KOL, you know, the geniuses over there decided that people didn't need it anymore yeah. at precisely the time when investors needed it the most. That's usually a great sign. By the way, they just delisted the SPAC ETF, maybe a sign of the times. Uh, but I like Occidental Petroleum. We've been buying it. We've been all over this thing. So is Warren Buffett. He's, he's He owns almost 30% at this point. He just got SEC approval to own as much as 50%. Warren Buffett continues to buy. If you look every time it dips below 60, that's Warren Buffett buying. Warren Buffett is support. And we know that because he then files it after, you know, so Oxy dips below 60, hangs out there for a little bit, then rips. And then a day or two later, you see Warren Buffett's filing that that was him buying. So, you know, anything below 60, we know Warren's in there buying. We are too. All right, let's go towards sectors and outlook. What do you like on sectors out there right now other than energy? I like this. I like any stocks and sectors that are above their summer lows. You know, I, I think that there's a very good case to make that we are four months into a new bull market. And the names that are above the, the names that are making higher lows above their summer lows are the ones that we want to own. The ones flirting with those lows or even broke broken below those lows. We want to stay away from that stuff. We want to stick to relative strength. Energy obviously being one of them. Uh, regional banks surprisingly showing a ton of strength, making new 52-week highs relative to REITs, uh, which is very impressive. There you go. Uh, just a lot of strength out of regional banks. Not something that you would expect to see if the world was coming to an end and, you know, recessions and wars and the Fed and the Trump and whatever people are complaining about. You know, I don't watch TV, so I don't really know what people are complaining about, but I am confident that they're complaining about something, one of those or a combination thereof. Uh, and if they were right, why are regional banks holding in there so well? Yeah. Right? I wouldn't I wouldn't expect that at all. Uh, so, again, you know, I think there's a good case to be made that we're four months into a new bull market in equities. All right. Now, recently, I did see you take a bold position on Berkshire puts. Tell me a little bit about what your thesis was and why you were short Warren Buffett. Well, we weren't short Warren Buffett. We we're short the puts. So there you go. Oh, you short the puts. All right. So I, 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 I got it twisted there on the on the tweet there. I thought you were 
I thought you were buying the puts. All right, there you go. Explain oh, to me what you're saying. Naked. Yeah, okay. you know, when, when people are scared and perma bears are pounding their chest and volatility spikes, I like selling naked puts in Berkshire. You know, it's free money the way I look at it um, and has been pretty consistently for a while. Um, so last week we sold the 260 puts, November 260 puts for like 770. Uh, and then when we when we're able to buy back those puts for half of what we received, we go ahead and cover that trade, which we did just a couple of days later. So it worked well for us. All right. Now, give us a new play to think about, JC. Anything that you like right now that we should take a, at least a look at? Um, you know, I really like this TPL, um, uh, Texas Pacific Land Corp, TPL. You know, people are all worried about bear markets and recessions. Meanwhile, there are stocks making new all-time highs. I don't know why people want to ignore that to focus on, like, what the Fed is thinking or whatever. Like, people, people don't even know what their own family members are thinking, and they live with these people. Yet there are investors all over the world who want to pretend to know what the Fed is thinking, which is just hilarious. So while people are focused on all of these stocks near new lows and recessions and bear markets, I'm looking at Texas Pacific Land Corp TPL breaking out of a nice base to new all-time highs. That's the sort of stock that we like to own. If we're above 1,800, we want to be long, target up near 2,800. Really like that. Not a bad play there. So this is there. an oil and gas, EMP, mm -hmm. quote unquote. Uh, my understanding uh, from my fundamental friends that it's more of a transportation stock. Um, if that means anything to you guys, I really don't care either way, but that's my understanding. Well, they probably use some oil, right? If they're transportation. So that's just how it is. What do you think about this whole battle out there right now with the ESG movement and what's going on? Do you think that this is truly going to change investments for maybe, let's say, the next decade? Yeah, I mean, listen, I can't. I, I, it's hard to find, you know, something worse than for people's portfolios than people who are bad at math who thought that buying ESG stocks was a good idea. I mean, it's criminal, literally, just how bad uh, that is. You had sort of like a united front from like, you know, people, you're more liberal, uh, and I'm not trying to be political here, it's just what it is, you know, more liberals thinking that, you know, try to convince investors that they can save the world by losing money in their portfolio, like that doesn't make any sense at all. So I think that as investors got caught up in this save the world by losing money in my portfolio thing, energy stocks have absolutely been ripping. Not only do we not want to own this ESG scam, we want to buy the, the stocks that hurt the world the most. Oil, gas, coal, the dirtier, the worse it is for the planet, the, the more we want to be buying those stocks is how I look at it. It seems like they're making the money right now. Thank you for coming on today, JC Peretz, All-Star yeah. Charts, and definitely check him out on Twitter. And that's where you guys see these images also posted all the time. So if you want to keep up with JC, check him out on Twitter. Have a good all one, right, JC. Take care. All right, let's go ahead. Let's continue going. Let's take a look at the market action. How are we doing on the SPY? What's going on, drifting, Joel? How's the SPY? Drifting lower. Drifting lower. Uh, the pre-market low, 37, 10 and a quarter. Uh, and we are migrating towards that right now. We're down Oof. 41 and a half handles. Not much in there, folks, because of the way we ripped up on Monday and Tuesday. So Bulls not putting up much of a fight. I'm trying to look at... There's no daily lows in here. Let's look at the S. Let's look at the SPY. 
Uh, if you're looking here, that you now it's not really a gap because you don't have a uh, um, you don't have the 24-hour market. But let's go to the uh, S and P's. Is that we're looking to find a daily low and what do we have here? We have a daily low at not until 36.86 and a quarter. When was that? That was on. That was on Tuesday. So if you're looking for a nice juicy target on the downside, 36.86.25. Uh, wow, that was Tuesday's low. So that look, could be uh, where we're headed. All right. I don't know if it's going to make any more impact because, of course, now the markets is going to be driven by this news. But let's talk a little bit about the ESPN uh, kind <laughs> of partnership that's out there right now. It's with DraftKings. Potentially, this hasn't been announced on specifics, but ESPN DraftKings said to be near a large new partnership. The potential deal would allow ESPN to capitalize on growing demand for sports betting. Where it gets a little interesting is that ESPN already has a partnership with Caesars, and they even have a studio in Las Vegas in their hotel. So a little bit conflicting there, I would think, Caesars versus DraftKings. But hey, if they can work around it, and um, ESPN has been getting their betting lines from Caesar. So I wonder if somehow that partnership changes when this one comes out. I don't, I mean, you guys know how I've, uh, um, <laughs> you know, approached these gambling stocks. And I mean, yeah. if there's anything here in, in this chart, in this bottom right chart, that's bullish there, uh, please let me know, you know, what, what is bullish here and i'd be glad to uh, take a look at it i mean pen hanging out here near 32 dollars um i just will say for you draft i mean that was a big overshit this is uh this is specific to DraftKings, right so that's the stock we'll take a look at and it got over 18 dollars on this 1820 i think this is what the, the setup for the bulls would be is look at this 17. Uh, your last three highs, 17, 1687, and 1704. Uh, so if the bull, I mean, we're trading 1690, right? We're right there. I think if the bulls can, uh, you know, prove a bit, and I'm not just trading, talking trading up to 1705 or whatever, you get over 17, you hold 17, and then, you know, this thing's got some legs, not much between 17 and 18, but that. That's the way I'm approaching uh, DraftKings. I don't know how this is uh, affecting Disney at all. Disney's down a buck fourteen. I mean, if they want to do I, this, probably makes more sense for them mm -hmm. than I, uh, you know, than trying to recreate, you know, the the you know their own uh, betting platform. Correct That's me if I'm I mean. wrong, Joel. Is it Elliot also that was kind of remember they were saying spinning off ESPN? Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow, I mean, I Elliot's remember there was really... this there was this battle that they they were like, you know, thinking maybe we'd spin off ESPN and worry about the sports betting. It'd be truly interesting if they can keep ESPN and really move into sports betting. It's hard to keep that with the Walt Disney brand, right? Yeah, I mean, how have these spinoffs gone for companies, you know, in the past, right? So I don't, you know, um, you know, maybe it, I'm just a little uh, focused on the ones that it's gone bad for, you know, gone bad for. Uh, but, uh, you know, they've never, I don't know, these spinoffs, these different things, breaking up the company. I guess it worked okay for Alcoa, um, AT&T, it didn't work as well for, so... 
I don't know. Well, we'll just, uh, I don't know. I think the jury's still out on that one. Disney really came in after earnings uh, for you Disney traders today. Uh, got a clear 101.50. I think the bears are still in control here until you get back above 101.50. Those were the highest in the last three sessions. And if you're looking at, you know, for a gap fill here, might get it today. 98. I'll call 98 a little bit of support. You gapped up on the third uh, between 778 and 823. So that's what I'm looking at in the house and mouse. Uh, S&P is continuing to uh, deteriorate here. Uh, As I mentioned, Tuesday's low just a couple days ago, uh, 36.86 and a quarter. All right. Now let's go towards the Twitter before I miss out on that. And everyone will tell me we didn't talk about Twitter. We didn't talk about Elon. Well, I'll give you guys the kind of the wrap here. It's a little bit of a lot coming out, right? So mixing sources out there, but I'll try to give you guys a quick wrap here. So Kathleen McCormick ruled Thursday over Twitter's objection that the social media platform lawsuit against Musk is stayed until the date to allow the parties to close on the buyout deal first proposed by Musk in April. If the transaction does not close by 5 p.m. on October 28th, the parties are instructed to contact and obtain a November 2022 trial date. So at least one thing that I can say is must is pushed to push the trial back has worked. Earlier in the day, Tesla uh, Musk said on Twitter uh, that Twitter wouldn't take yes for an answer. And on Thursday, Musk teams reportedly said that Twitter should drop the court date scheduled for mid-October so that it'd be necessary that financing could be put together to help close the deal by October 28th. So the question here goes, will Elon have to sell some more Tesla shares? Is he worried about the financing issues here? Is that what's going on? Boy, oh boy. I mean, I think the the ARBs are just controlling this thing. And, uh, you know, the crafty ARBs that were buying it when it got hit after the news. I mean, I think everything that you've seen since, um, you know, since Musk got involved with this deal is to do the opposite. You know, it's like, Okay, you know, they're doing the deal. It's supposed to go and go off at 54.20. They take it off at 54.20. Boom. Then he pulls the deal. It goes down to the 30s. The deal's off the table and you buy it. So to me, I'm just looking at this strictly from a risk reward basis. I have no position in it. I didn't uh, rebuy it. Uh, Flat, dumb, and happy in this one. You're buying it at 49 bucks. You know what your upside is, right? 54, 20. Uh, if it doesn't go through, where's your risk? Do you go back down uh, to 42, 43? It just seems like you got to do the opposite. And uh, so right now, uh, backing off that area, I, I would just still say that, uh, you know, what are you what are you looking to get? Another four or five bucks? What I'm thinking now, and also the negative thing with the financing, uh, Apollo pulled out. I I think he's going to come in and ask for a lower price. I really do. And I think he's caught in the crosshairs of the court. I think he wants a lower price. Now it's starting to weigh on Tesla. Um, I don't know. He's trying He's trying to wiggle out. And um, I don't know. I don't think the courts are letting him uh, wiggle out. So like, as I said, 
uh, no position. Uh, you know, if you rode this thing up and down, you know what your absolute upside is, 5420. I'll tell you, sometimes when you have these deals, it's like, oh, it's trading above the takeout price. Someone's going to come in and take it out at 58. Uh-uh. No one's taking this out if it, it, uh, above that takeout. No one wants it. And that's what he's finding out with Apollo. What you don't think Apollo does their due diligence and they don't want to be the lead financing on it? Why not? They don't want their AWS on the hook for this uh for this company. So that's the way I'm looking at it. How would Tesla react with another sale of Tesla? Would you think it would get taken out those lows? And we're that's getting right. closer I mean, towards June lows. Are, I mean, the market, I mean, we talked about uh, and this happened last week, uh, I believe it was last Thursday. Uh, you know, they shot the generals. You know, this they this is what been holding this market up. You know, the Tesla and Apple, and they came after them last week. So I don't want to. You know, I don't. What are the lows here? I mean, that the lows were. What's the June low? Two hundred seven. Two hundred six eighty six. Two hundred six eighty five. I have eighty five. I don't know why. Well, yeah, these, these uh, is these, what it is. Uh, a penny. Yeah. We There's your risk. That. I mean, there's your risk if you're buying it here. I mean, if you want to use that, you know, as a stop out point. Uh, but this has been a big drop, third monthly red candle in a row. And I'm just looking here, you know, you did have the three red candles for the month. We just started this month. Uh, but just being a big, uh, you know, component of the S&P, uh, the indexers and the index is going down. They're going to be, you know, you know, selling this stock to keep up with it. So, um, I don't know, still have a small, long position that, uh, not doing anything with, I don't even know what the cost because there's been, there's been two splits, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just wanted to make a, uh, you know, general comment just about the, you know, the recent splits. I mean, you talk about them, you know, uh, not being good for a stock over the long term and how the price action is Tesla doesn't, I don't know what the split date does. Um, Amazon, I mean, that's Amazon's been holding up. Okay. It got beat up before the split, but it had the run up, um, Amazon. And then who else recently did a split that, um, that, Oh, Google. I mean, these splits have just, you know, and have just not been good for the stocks. Yeah. You can buy it at a lower price, but if it keeps going lower, what good is that? But, uh, triple D. Uh, uh, what's going on? You under, you under, under siege over there? No, because I came in market neutral. Like I said, Good for I'm you. neutral, I'm neutral, I'm neutral. I wanted to be bearish. I want to try to get in the bear train, but the reaction to it has me neutral. But right now, Mitch is winning, I tie. Great call by Mitch because we're yep. coming in here. Very important day for the bears, though. Again, you need to see this continue. Like I said, you need to see them get hammered on this news that's so far is actually, you know, off the bat. It looked like they were going to try to buy it, but those dip buyers got punished. So it's it's uh, one of those days where I'm just going to play the chop. I think it's going to be very choppy approaching it from this. I'm still staying market neutral stance. I can't get full bearish here. I want to see the reaction today. If we can keep hammering this, more earnings, when it runs, starts taking out those new lows, and I go back to the full bear train. But right now I'm still staying market neutral. Well, right. And, it, you know, it's uh, it's uh, we talk about, you know, the interest rates going up and that that that's bad for the market. That's the predominant thing. Uh, but all you recession talkers out there, you know, recession people, you know, where are they? I mean, 
it doesn't even seem that we're close to a recession now, right? With the no, unemployment I don't even, rate. No, I think they're no. I I think you're you're into it. Like I mean, just because the jobs and jobs are holding up, it's a weird environment. I but, mean, we've had such a labor shortage. It's hard to just take a jobs number and say, look, we're not in a recession because the jobs are are good. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the GDP, the corporate profits, the coming in. You know, you can right. see we already had, like Mitch's this point yesterday, we've already had two consecutive quarters of G- GDP, you know, decline. So here, you know, we've technically hit the definition of a recession. The question is, are we going to come out of it fast? I mean, there's so many questions in this market. It's 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 a very difficult market and people have got their crystal balls and oil's going to triple and all the other stuff. Nobody knows anything. You know, nobody knows. And in this environment, Nobody really knows anything. I mean, we don't know how this story ends. It's probably, you know, going to be a lot of turmoil. There's going to be some more ugly earnings warnings, but we've really been hammered. You know, a lot of bad news is priced in. I don't know. So that's why I sit on the fence here. And I mean, when you don't know, it's okay to just sit, you know, and and it's okay to sit on your hands sometimes. This is a very difficult market to call right now. Very, very difficult. Sometimes it's easy. And that's where we really make our money is when you got these nice clean setups where it's easy. It's like, okay, that's a clean setup. That's easy. I get that. But right now to call this market, I could see a scenario where we go green. I could see a scenario where we fall 100 S&P points. It's a real battle between the bulls and the bears. So I want to bring and, this. Go ahead, Mitch. What do you got I Just I wanted to bring this data right quick to us because I talked about this like literally 10 minutes ago. I said, Let's watch to see what happens in the CME Fed tool, right? Do we get that spike for the next interest rate, right? We have a Fed meeting on November 2nd, and you can see here we just went from around 75% uh, towards 81% for a 75 basis point hike. And if you look at back in September 7th, this was only a 1.4% chance of happening. Where does that show me more and more? The hike rates are not turning around. The people calling pivot... I think they're just trying to get a better end of the year outlook. The people Hopefully. who are calling pivot are nuts. Who call it? Yeah. One, one thing is, you know, like that's insane. The only bull case is that the bad news is priced in. There's no pivot happening here anytime soon because Australia, because UK throws in the fl- inflate, you know, the talent on inflation doesn't mean we are. So I will get, say right now, me and Joel have not in the pivot camp whatsoever. You can be bullish and not in the pivot camp. But I think it's a matter. The bull case is simple. It's that all the bad news is priced in, and you know we're due to you know rebound here, and we've already priced in another two hikes. We know the hikes are coming. They're not backing off. Waller said it last night. I mean, this is Waller. It was Waller that spoke last night, right? Mm-hmm. Because I keep saying Waller. I think it was Waller. Anyway, yeah, it, Waller was pivot. last night. There's no pivot happening. This this bull case on a pivot is stupid. The bull case for stocks is that all the bad news is priced in. At a certain point, that's true. Christian, who is an excellent trader, made this point very clear. That's the bull case. You know, he's like looking at it and saying, maybe some of this bad news is priced in. Ryan Dietrich, maybe it's this bad news is priced in. Craig Johnson. Johnson. Maybe this bad news is priced in. That's the bull case. I don't know who's right and who's wrong here. Because all I know is, to Mitch's point, there's a lot of bad news still coming. I got to see the reactions to build my own case. Right we, now, we the even, reactions yeah. so far have been 
crappy for FedEx, pretty good for Micron, awesome for Helen of Troy, who cares about Helen of Troy. So far, not so good for AMD. So that's what we have to build is we lay out all that information. We build the case. It's mixed right now. So that's why I think I'm safer at market neutral right now. That's all. Well, like always, you know, one thing I'll say is that I, I didn't know that the unemployment number was going to come in light. The only thing I can see is headwinds. And so I'm just really trying to stay focused on the line. Don't fight the Fed until the Fed flips. You guys will see me bearish. Flip. And, and, they're and not, that's, they're and first going to go oh, neutral. First, they're mm-hmm. going to go neutral. Yeah, they're going to pause. And that's that's going to yeah. They're they're, they're not going to. So whatever that neutral, I mean, if you want to keep your powder dry and and wait for that, you know, for that statement, wait for the statement that like oh, like we're gonna we're just gonna take the foot off the pedal because they're not gonna they're not gonna go. They're just not gonna swing that entire like okay we're oh we're not raised not raising anymore but we're lowering but uh anyways great show today great job mitch uh with everything i'm gonna hop off for now and uh i'll talk to you guys later on okay. but, uh go get them dennis i just want to finish with one point to mitch's point and this is the issue that i have with your point is that the market will rally before the pivot so it's timing the pivot because you can't, you know, go on the day that the Fed pivots and say, now we're right at the bottom. The market will be significantly higher before the Fed pivots. So that's the concern, which is staying bearish until it pivots. You'll stay bearish too long. So you need to like, it's, it's the data I think we come back to. Maybe we need to see some light CPI data. Today's data, again, did not help. And it was a great call by you, Mitch. I mean, I was market neutral. I said it three times before. You were full-on bearish, full-on correct today. I mean, we just dropped 40 handles, so full-on correct. So congratulations for that. But just keep in mind, and this is why you know I'm trying to stay bearish. I still have a lot of cash, but I don't want to miss you know the bottom because I waited for the pivot because the, the market will rally before the pivot. Just my thoughts. I agree. And I think now you just got a question, will the rally actually get broken? What would be broken for you, Dennis? Is it that 50% retracement mark? No, take out the new lows. New so lows. We're That's a, what I want to Remember the my Titanic analogy from like a week mm-hmm. and a half ago? Yeah, taking like on this, water. I think we're still bobbing up and down. We're in a real battle here. We're in a real battle. I think eventually I wouldn't be 45% cash or whatever I am, 40% cash in the long-term portfolio if I thought we were just blasting out of here. But you know, I think we're still in a bob up and down phase battle between the bulls and the bears such a battle it's such a good battle because even the bears are seeing cnbc they're seeing bulls and they're saying they're wrong but then the bulls are seeing the bears on cnbc and they're saying they're wrong their selective perception it's so mixed right now it's such a good battle actually right here we're in the battleground between like 357 spy and 380 spy it's the battleground the bulls say it's all priced in we're going higher the bears say there's a lot of bad news to come we're going lower and i don't know who wins It's really interesting. So I need to see those lows significantly taken out and stay down and start leaking. I need to see one of the big guns comes in like Apple and warns. And that could happen. So that's why right now, but I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm just sitting here very curious today. A lot of bad news today. Very important day for the bears that the market stays red. If the market goes green today, bulls are in complete control. So today is a very important day. One last question, and I need you guys in the chat to hit the like button on this little extra that I'm going to get out of Dennis. What would you say if AMD goes back to green today? 
Oh, it'd be insane. I don't think it's going to, but I mean that just throws the whole bear case really trouble. And that's and that builds the Craig Johnson bull case that all the bad news is braced in. So I mean Craig Johnson's got to be sitting there today and saying, Go green, AMD, go green. Because that would build his case that the bad news is priced in. And it might be. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're early here. We haven't even had a regular session trade on AMD since that news has come out. The algos hammer, they don't think about, you know, they see the news. They're not thinking about if it's priced in or not. They just hammer it. So, you know, but, you know, we've been down here quite a while now and it's not bouncing back. So that builds to the bear case. So it's an interesting, interesting battleground here. So, um, you know, and very hard to call. So I think just playing that shop, you know, we rip up higher, sell some stocks. We come down lower, buy some stocks. Playing that shop is the best way I think to do right now because we could be in this battleground for a while. Well, thank you. Like always, Dennis, you have a great day today and a great weekend, my friend. Thanks, Mitch. It was a great call by you, buddy. You know, you were the only bear that was there. I was neutral. Joel didn't know where he was. So it was a great call by you going to that jobs report. So I want to give you props where props are due. Great call, Mitch. Great week. Appreciate it, Dennis. You have a great weekend, my friend. All right. Like always, there's one thing that is always going to happen. And you saw today, there's sometimes going to be conflicting views, right? So Dennis, if you're having some views, I'm having some views. And that's what we're here for, team. We're not here to tell you which way to trade. We're not here. uh, I'm not here to call out a bearish stock to get short on. What we're here for is just to wave the flags, point you into the right directions, show you what's out there, and of course, bring you different perspective. I hope that you guys appreciate everything that we do right here on Pre-Market Prep for traders, swing traders, investors. We're always here for you guys. And if you got any feedback on how you want to see Pre-Market Prep improved, do you want to see more or less of, of anything, please let us know in the comments below. I wish everyone the best. And like always... Uh, Even though I have a bearish outlook, I never want to see negative happen to anybody. And I hope that you guys are able to decipher through this market and that we help you along the journey. We'll see you next time right here on Pre-Market Prep. Hit the thumbs up on your way out. We do have all access that will be starting at 11, but we do have our quarter four meeting today. So Benzinga will be down a lot on our content. We won't be having live trading. We won't be having stock market movers. But we will be back at the end of the day for you, of course, at at the close to go ahead and go through this market with Joel Alconin. I have a feeling that show is going to have some fireworks, so don't miss it. Come to at the close. That's going to be at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. And at 11 a.m. Eastern, we'll have all access for you. Hit the thumbs on up, and I'll see you next time right here on Benzinga. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.